I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. You know, it's still Sci-Fi November, so we are continuing the joy of gloriousness of our love for Sci-Fi and things around Sci-Fi, like fun drinks, traditions, fun activities, all kinds of fun stuff. And we have an interesting perspective on something. I'm going to call it emotional continuity. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Yeah. Multi uh, Multipass. You know this multipass. Lilo Dallas, my wife. We're newlyweds. Just met. Multi-pass. You know how it is. Bump into each other. Sparks multi-pass. happen. Yeah, she knows it's a multipass. Yeah, anyway, we're in love. Let's rock it. Oh my gosh. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. It's the Real Brian Show. And this is the voice of the Nerdy Eclectic. I am Captain Influence. And 7Blue7 has returned. And I am the real Brian. This boy is fueled like fire. So start melting, ladies, because the boy is hotter than hot. He's hot, hot, hot. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's totally me. Um, <laughs> Ruby <laughs> Rod, baby. Brian is Ruby Rod. <laughs> I was going to do that like, welcome, it's the Real Brian Show, woo, you know, freak out. <laughs> but I just figured he could talk about me that he's hotter than hot. He's hot, it hot, hot. It must be green. It must Brian, be green. it must be green. Super green. Crystal green. Any kind of green you want. Oh. <laughs> so that's what I should start asking. How was the episode today? Oh. Oh. Oh, green. What kind of green? What kind of green? <laughs> Chris Tucker, man. You know, whatever happened to him? I don't know. Is he was me? doing those movies with Jackie Chan and yeah, Rush Hour. Yeah, and then I lost track of him. What's that interesting? Was a long time ago. Yeah, if you look back at his acting career, he's only done a few movies. And see, Fifth Element was the first time I'd ever even heard of him, and he did such a good job in that movie. Oh my so, gosh, yeah, that, that put him on my radar. But people were creeped out by him. I think they were just like, uh. <laughs> "I'm like, dude, he was awesome. That's like the ultimate galactic DJ right there." <laughs> I love it. He can make water exciting. That's true. Well, gentlemen, welcome back. Captain Influence and 7Blue7. Seven Seven. Been a while since we've heard your voice on the show. Yes. Thank you. Good to have you back. It's going to be a party. It is. Well, it's already a party, man. Yeah. So. What are we drinking? Oh, my gosh. Can I get excited here for a second and tell you what I'm drinking? No. Okay. No. I guess no. I'm. No. I'm drinking. Unless you're drinking lemon pledge. That is no. exactly what I am drinking. Lemon pledge. It is good. Is it green tea? No, lemon pledge. No. I told you. I drink lemon pledge. Come on, it's the best stuff ever. You spray a little lemon pledge in your water. Or put some lot, allspice in it. A lot. No, no, just a lot of lemon pledge. Period. That's it. Just put some water in. That's it. You drink it. It's it's no, like lemon I tea, but it would really clean out the brain cells easily. Well, clean it, out clean out something. It cleans out the dust. So if you're having allergy issues, clean out your stomach. Well, yeah. Well, that would be like Drano. You don't want to drink Drano necessarily. Necessarily. <laughs> okay. So here's here's what I'm drinking. First of all, again, this is continuing the tradition of Sci-Fi November. I did the Klingon Raktachino last week, which was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Well, what I did forget was, oh yeah, Vulcan spice tea. Hello, come on, Vulcan spice tea. Now, here's the problem with Vulcan spice tea. Just like with Rocktachino, we have absolutely no idea what the heck it's actually really truly made out of because nobody actually invented it on Star Trek. And not to mention, we don't have access to Klingon coffee or Vulcan spices or teas that are grown, you know, indigenously. So therefore, we have to work with our Earth counterparts, which uh, not bad. The recipe that I found that I think would be probably the most true to life Vulcan spice tea recipe used black tea. Now, here's where I, as a Star Trek fan, have to take a step back here. I'm totally like embracing my inner nerd here for a second. If you were to look at Vulcans logically, to me, Vulcans are very much like elves. 
Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the twenty years and the yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, even just their their way of life. <laughs> many of them are vegetarians, etc. Well, sure. if you're a Vulcan, you're not drinking black tea, man. You're drinking a green or white tea, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Second thing is these recipes had milk and sugar in them. Dude, Vulcans are purists. Is milk and sugar logical? No. Okay. So, you know, now that we're all on the same page here, my recipe consists of white tea and it's actually silver needle and no milk, no sugar, just water. Now, what I did though, is I took a bunch of actual, you know, spices like I did last week with the Roctachino and I, and I did something different because remember last time I said it needed to steep longer. Mm -hmm. Well, this sat on the stove at a simmer, like a boil simmer for about three and a half hours and Ooh, I wow. just took the spices. I did cinnamon sticks and cloves and allspice, nutmeg, ginger, fennel seed. That was a very fascinating one. Um, Interesting. Black peppercorns, cardamom pods, all that good stuff. So I put it all in there and I let it just sit there for three and a half hours. And then I took that boiling mixture and I poured it over white tea leaves to steep for about three minutes. And here we go. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. You're I can't ready? wait to hear this one. <laughs> I don't even Ooh. know if it smells amazing. So, oh, oh, that's good. Yes. Oh, wow. That is, uh, that's intense. <laughs> oh, and I put in uh, orange <laughs> oh, peel wow. chunks too. Dang. Um, yeah, that's got a bit of a kick, man. That'll, that'll put hair on your back. But is it good? Is it a good kick like the coffee? Yeah. You know what though? And, and I don't have access to this, but I think the only thing that would give it a better kick would be orange oil. Mm, okay. So a lot Ooh. of spice tea yeah. recipes have orange oil in them. If I could get access to that, it would it would give just a slight sweetness to the edge without putting sugar in it. But that's yeah, good. I, I switch the orange oil out again for the lemon pledge mm. because mm, <laughs> yeah, you'll still orange get pledge. Power to it. So there you go. That's what I'm drinking. What about you? Uh, I'm just drinking plain water today. Uh, my Kerblamock supply from last week is all but depleted. Uh, but good news, I have grown a slight prosthetic ridge on my forehead since last week. Sweet. Yay. Ooh. Yep. So, you know, drinking that Klingon Rocktachino last week, I, I have been having a lot of violent urges lately. So I, I know what I you bet. mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. All right, yeah. Seven, what are you what are you drinking? It's almost the same thing as the the Kerbalmock, but oh. uh, the Kerbalmock doesn't actually exist in the Star Trek universe. I, I have what is known as uh, Regloff. Oh, this is ginger ale heated up with extra ginger cinnamon allspice and cloves okay ah all together and ooh, spicy sweet energizing good for the tummy nice yes this one actually came from uh, deep space nine the recipe for this did was a uh, in one of the later seasons i think it was a uh, gold cot was uh oh he was being controlled by a parma kai or something and he was talking with uh cisco and he was talking oh. about this drink called regloff well, Regloff is known as the sweet deception. Oh. It's the drink that uh, the Obscenian Order would drink when they would celebrate covert action or something else like that. Mm. So, Kerbalmock so, doesn't exist. I don't know where you're getting the prescriptions uh, <laughs> from or anything else like that. <laughs> Regloff exists, but if you're actually really curious about what Regloff is or where it came from, say... Regloff backwards. Uh. Bulgers. <laughs> Bulgers. Exactly. Bulgers. <laughs> that took me a minute. Oh, that's wrong. So, it's, so basically, Regloff is similar to the Kerblamock that I made up, and I admitted it. Yes. Except without the orange juice or the apple cider. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. And very tasty. Bulgers. But uh, without the side effect of the the prosthetic ridges or. Or skin turning gray or something like that. Yeah, or violent urges. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm kind of liking this prosthetic ridge. Yeah. It, well, it reminds it, me when I used to have acne when I was a teenager. Does it look like a spoon quite yet? <laughs> like, a, <laughs> like a Cardassian spoon? Yeah, not the spoon yet. heads, you know? Yeah, not quite or yet. Are you grow, wait, wait, are you talking about the head prosthetic ridge or are you talking about like the giant shoulder? No, right, on, right on the forehead. Oh, okay. You know those yeah. amazing shoulder muscles that the, or ridges that the Cardassians have? Yeah, yeah, that would be sweet. Walk around like yeah, that. Yeah, let's bring back those those eighty shoulder pads for our sci fi heroes. Eighty <laughs> shoulder pads. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's like watching uh, Heather's again. Oh <laughs> man, you know it's fun to come up with all these crazy drinks. I like inventing new drinks and doing fun things. 
Yeah. Now, my cousin, actually, Miss Light's cousin, he loves to mix drinks, alcoholic drinks and all that. I would be interested to sit down with him sometime and actually discuss kind of his, his methods a little bit more because if you like mixed drinks in any way whatsoever, he definitely has the right process because he says that, you know, the only way to do a mixed drink is to use real actual ingredients straight from the source. So, for example, you don't use Sprite or Coke. Oh. You use, you know, a seltzer water and then you flavor it with the real natural flavors and everything. He goes to town with mm. it. It's pretty cool. Dude, you should have him on the show. Yeah, it would be fun. Plus, he's a detective, so he's got plenty of stories about. Oh, uh, sweet. All Get him on with with <laughs> Drob Dog and they can tell all oh, sorts man. of goofy stories together. Yeah, yeah. I should actually because uh, I don't know how much he can actually share, though. He's got some crazy, crazy stories. He stuff that would uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not sure if it should go on the show. Whatever. You'll figure something out. Oh, well, it'll be good. Have him on at least have him on to talk about his methods of making mixed drinks. Well, it would be cool. And for those yeah. of you, again, who enjoy that kind of stuff, you'd learn a lot. But see, that's I've learned how to mix non-alcoholic drinks or create teas in this sense by using real natural ingredients rather than trying to do the, you know, the crappy fake stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Or, or we can just go to the 7-Eleven and just run our cup on one of the, the different <laughs> flavors or something. <laughs> I'm waiting for the lemon pledge flavored Slurpee. Le- lemon pledge Slurpee. <laughs> Now, I just had a thought, though. So, you know how I was bringing up orange oil earlier and needing that and then also thinking about how, you know, again, creating actual real ingredients and stuff. Would, and I don't know the answer to this, though, and I'm pretty sure that Patty Spivet can answer this. Would an orange essential oil be considered as a, you know, something that you could use as an orange oil in your tea? Do you guys know about that? Do you know anything about essential oils? No. My wife does, but I don't know how they relate to edibility at all. That's a good question. I know there's a level of purity and you got to be very careful because some are not wise to consume and because they're mm-hmm. extremely potent. You've also got to be careful about dosage. Ex- well, even yeah, like one drop can be just good for papori or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so good question. Have her that. on and talk about it. We should. Hey, Patty, <laughs> come on. Let's talk essential oils. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Um, I'll take potpourri for 400, Alex. <laughs> I'll take potpourri. Potpourri. (laughs) That's potpourri. It's so funny because we were actually watching Real Jeopardy. Two collections of Jeopardy now on Netflix. And then we figured out. Yeah, we're like, oh, yeah, duh. We can record it on YouTube TV and go back and watch Jeopardy because we used to do it all the time. Every other like few days, it's, uh, you know, potpourri. (laughs) 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 We're still doing it. I've dabbled with essential oils for, you know, quite a few years now. Interestingly enough, they're doing studies on things like, for example, anxiety, blood sugar, stress, fat loss, et cetera, et cetera, right? Some of the stuff is, you know, well, it shows that it or it suggests that it may help. Other ones are saying, for example, that vetiver oil is for the most part more effective on uh, anxiety than what, what's what's the main drug that people use for anxiety? Lexapro. Yeah, one of those. I think it's a uh, apple pledge instead of lemon pledge. <laughs> oh no! But apple apparently, uh, besides the apple pledge, oh, which oh, actually that's a really good idea now, um, <laughs> they're showing that it actually helps more. These essential oils are more effective than some of the drugs that are out there. So there's actually a blend they were looking at for if you're feeling anxious or stressed, even to high levels of anxiety and stress, distress, that kind of thing. They're looking at a couple of blends and they're, they're using like lavender and ylang ylang and neroli is one, which smells like orange blossoms and then marjoram and you're using, you know, various parts. And then what you basically do is you just kind of inhale it, you know, just like a, a diffuser or whatever. And it's supposed to really help bring down your anxiety levels. Interestingly enough, and I guess it's been huh. proven that's doing a really good job. Stuff like blood sugar. They're actually saying, again, if you can take it internally, which I would caution that personally, just because I'm still not sure how safe that is. But another one they're saying is take a blend of various oils and then you rub it on like your abdomen and then on, rub your, it on your tummy, you, you rub it on your tummy like a, um, like an otter, like Vicks vapor rub. Um, <laughs> you rub, so rub you, the oil on your tummy. <laughs> you rub it there and then you rub it on your lower back. And apparently it's supposed to help bring down blood sugar levels. I just thought it was a very interesting stuff. That so is interesting. I'm looking, That's good stuff. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, experimenting with this stuff and seeing if 
especially the one with the anxiety stress one to see if it helps to reduce stress in life and maybe even improve sleep quality. So I will let you know. Like rubbing chocolate on your face was supposed to like make you look really cool. Like that. Yeah. Is rubbing that, chocolate on your face is that like a cool. mud mask? Except it's chocolate. Is that what is that why? I, I don't know. Maybe it was an acne mask. I don't know. Oh, that's a good idea. It would it would certainly mask your acne, that's for sure. Well they're saying to do that with coffee grounds now. <laughs> they're supposed to draw out all the crap out of your skin. Huh. I don't know. By I wonder way, if Folgers would work like that. It might actually cause you to turn gray and die. Or, yeah, die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> one other thing that I'm using for essential oils is uh, putting them in the diffuser using false scented style essential oils rather than burning candles because we've been hearing and reading more and more studies about alleged health problems from candles, including issues for men. Mm-hmm. So gentlemen, um, special issues, Brian, special issues. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, good thing I don't burn candles. I'm anymore. just telling you, I'm Work actually around. not well, kidding. They're saying that it's actually causing some issues with men. So I'm like, I don't, uh, and the pieces. candle industry is going to throw a cease and desist at you right after that, Brian, hey, they're whatever. They're going to pull in crap and, you know, put it in their candle. Like, I love the small <laughs> candles, but man, I don't want to, you know, have things falling off my body or something like that. So, uh, you know, I prefer oil burners anyway, essential oil burners. You know, where you drip the oil in a little bowl at the top and you burn a... Oh, that's a good one too. Uh, one of the, uh, you burn a simple... Well, you have to, it is a candle, but it's one of those really simple ones you buy. Like, what are those called? Those little... A tea candle. I'm not sure uh, that that's you, any better, though. That's the problem. Well, you burn cool. one of those tea candles underneath the oil and it releases the scent of the oil into your house. It's really mm-hmm. nice. And see, that's the thing. The scents are beautiful. We've got the diffuser where, you know, you've got water and then the essential oils in the water and it shoots out the steam and it smells great. I'm sure that's even better. I think that's supposed to be super healthy and it's supposed to help cleanse. And anyway, I'm just throwing this out again. I'm no expert on this. So this is where I would love to have Patty Spivet or any other essential oil expert come on the show and talk about this. But I do know that candles can cause problems and the studies are showing that now. So just be careful. Men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Avoid the candles. Instead, use propane and propane accessories. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> Wait, so you're not using the right voice for that. Hold on. Are, are you just, are you like Latin, you know, the propane? You just like, like propane, put, put just, propane, just, propane, just, propane, are you propane just like, accessories. You're just, you're, you're like, you know, stiffing propane and just like putting a little flame next to it. No, that's not the right voice there, Brian. Now, I'm just I'm just doing the Roy Dang Mercer voice, you know, from Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> I just defended all the Oklahomaites. Oklahoma Knights. Oklahomians. Anyway, I Oklahomies. Yes, that's it. Oklahomies. Oklahomies. Woo, you guys are our Oklahomies. If you've lived in Oklahoma, there is a DJ down there that did a character called Roy D. Mercer. And he was a full-on hick. It was the greatest thing ever. And he prank call people. Oh, really, neat. really, really fun stuff. How about fall foods? Tis the season for apples. Uh, that, Ambrosia apples. Oh, that is true. Oh. apples. Mm. Envy apples. Caramel apples with nuts on them. But then again, we're all a little, little nuts. So, yes. Oh, that's true. Dude, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, and or cider. Oh, cider, wassail. Or you can just start all your, uh, your baking and cooking early for your... Uh, holiday gifts that you're going to be giving to friends and family. Yeah. Making English toffee, which I'm so excited about because I have never, well, I might've had homemade English toffee a long time ago, but typically it's, you know, you get the store bought stuff. So to have homemade English toffee, I'm like, Oh, I'm so excited to try yours. I can't wait. Take a piece of size, about a a nickel or a quarter, drop it in a cup of black coffee and let it sit and melt. Oh, Mm. Oh dude. That's a great idea. I will do that when I get a piece of your English toffee. I will throw it in my coffee and I will let you know what happens. Toffee and coffee mm, with my Oklahomies. Me. I like yes. that. Speaking of wassail, you put cider and then, you know, wassail. I actually think this tastes like white tea wassail. Now that I, now that you mentioned the word, I'm like, oh, white tea wassail. Hey, Seven, can you explain the difference for those of us who don't know uh, the difference between just spice cider and wassail? What is that specifically? Well, spice cider is basically just apple cider with your cinnamon or whatever else you want to add to it. Wassail though is usually your mix of apple cider, orange juice, spices, and whatever kind of alcoholic beverage you want to add to the mix. Oh, hot toddy. Okay. So it's got, so the difference is it has, it has orange juice plus alcohol. Yes. Doesn't have to though. uh, 
version type of Wassel as well too, which yep. just is refreshing mm-hmm. and energizing. Okay. Usually mixing black tea with uh, the apple cider and uh, the orange juice like that works well too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You know, just don't mix. New. That's, that's yeah. where the orange oil could have come in handy with this and it would have been almost like Wassel minus the alcohol. So there you go. Thanks for explaining that though because I wasn't actually 100% sure either. Wassel wasn't invented, invented on Star Trek, so we have to trust those who came to <laughs> Good times. Good food, good times. Ah, more sci-fi November. So that means we can sit back and, and binge our favorite shows like uh, Firefly or The Expanse or something like that. Are you watching, re-watching Firefly right now? Yes, yes, nice. I am. You mentioned emotional continuity at the beginning of the show, and it's just like, yeah, it's one of those things where the way the crew has their connection with each other, it's the adventures might be crazy from one week to the next or mundane, but just the way that people get along with each other yeah. for, for, the, for the show make it great. So that's, that's one of the things I enjoy about that. I'm looking forward to the Orville. Oh, I can't wait, dude. I'm so excited. What, it should have started in sci-fi November though. Hello. Come on. Come on guys. Get with the picture. Yeah, really? Jerks. Yes. But oh, Give man. Us our- I cannot wait for Orville. Big fan. So they, they really did it right. And it was a, it was a tradis, trad, travesty, meaning tragedy and travesty at the same time, tragedy that uh, it got canceled. Well, and that it got aired the way it did. Firefly fans are well, well aware of that story totally. uh, and how, and how Joss yeah, Whedon and, and dude from Fox did not get along. Yeah. And yep. the story continues in the graphic novels. You actually find out about Shepard books background. And in one of the stories in the graphic novels, they actually make it big. That's one of the most irritating, the most irritating loose end they left in that in that show was what was Book's background? What yeah. was so secret about him and important and, and got him past authorities and all that stuff? You, I mean, you, you could guess all you want, but you never find out. I, I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but I think the, I'd use a, a quote that Shepard Book said. It would be that faith makes us. We don't make it. And I think <laughs> that's what uh, his backstory is without giving away too many of the uh, covert details. Okay. Interesting. That might have existed so, in his back history. Check out the graphic novels if you want to know more about that. Cool. Well, as I said last week, I was going to start watching The Expanse and also Killjoys, which I have I've watched one episode of Killjoys. I never finished the episode when I first watched it a couple of years ago. But again, I think the reason I didn't get into it is because I was already invested in dark matter at the time. And so I just was like, I don't care about these people. Because, you know, when you get into a new story, you got to start to care about characters. Well, I didn't have a show when I started watching Killjoys this last week. So I was like, okay. And I actually enjoyed it a lot, a lot more than I thought I would. What's the premise in that show? Well, I don't know a lot yet, but basically they are bounty hunters. What is the setting? Is it like in the distant future with spaceships and stuff? Or is it in the near future? Distant. Well, I don't know how distant. I don't even know what year it's in. They're operating in what they call the quad, which is some part in the galaxy. I'm not quite sure where it is in the galaxy. They actually have their own little transport slash fighter kind of ship that goes back and forth from planets, uh, which I really like that. I like that they showed that kind of stuff. And so there's a lot of planet stuff, but you see them in space as well. And again, this is one episode. I have no idea beyond that. That's right. Usually the first episode should establish you know, a setting and a basic atmosphere and whatnot. So let's say it's sci-fi with a lot of action with some interesting mystery and also some humor. Okay. That's about all I know. Now I did start the expanse as well. And I watched three episodes of that so far. First of all, there's a lot to like about the expanse. Now, some of you may have already seen it. This is just my initial opinion of this. It's beautifully done. Like the, the graphics and the, uh, you know, everything they've done about it, you actually feel like you are in the future in their world. They've done an incredible job budget wise. There's some really, really good intense story. I'm enjoying it so far. I find myself going, okay, I want to know what's going on. However, there are, I'm not going to necessarily call these negatives. It's just, they're not positives quite yet for me. Now, three episodes in, I feel like I should have more of what I'm about to share here. And that is, I feel like the character development isn't happening that much yet. There's some, but I don't know the characters. I mean, okay. So for those of you who know anything about the show, there's the Canterbury side of the story. There's the earth versus Mars side of the story, the political side. And then there's the detective that's on series. And I can't even remember the detective's name. 
and I'm three episodes in. So it's like, I don't know much about what's going on with him. I have no idea who the political people are. I just, you know, I know their faces now. I don't know their names and I know James Holden and that's about it. That's, I mean, like I, I don't know the names yet because they're jumping around so much. And so I see. I'm feeling like I can't grasp onto anything. Um, there's some very, very super slow scenes where you're just like, what is the point of this? I have no idea where mm. this is going. And then they jump to the next scene and you're going, what just happened? So oh, okay. it's not necessarily bad. It's just, uh, I'm not drawn in it. Well, so I am here. Here's the thing. And this is something that kind of goes to a much greater seven. You mentioned it as well. The emotional continuity aspect. I think this goes into a far greater life lesson here. If you want to call it that, hmm. it's kind of interesting because when I watched let's just say arrow seasons one and two. I always talk about that. So I can go back to that and use it as an example. You were following the pursuits of Oliver queen. And for the first two seasons, you're really, really connected to him and the people surrounding him. And then after they got past season two, things started to change a little bit. And all of a sudden you're trying to care about too many different people. And there's less emotional continuity. It's what I'm calling it. And what I mean by that is that, I'm emotionally invested into something, whether it's a story about a person, whether whatever it is. Right. So for example, with, with the expanse, I'm really excited and invested in what's going on with the crew of the Canterbury, which I don't want to give anything away for those who want to watch it throughout the entire time. Like I don't, I don't care about the political stuff. I don't care what's going on with the detective. Get back to the Canterbury. And yet they keep jumping around. And so I'm in this moment of like, I get this emotional rise almost and then it stops. And then I'm pulled out of that uh, emotional and they're off into some slow political scene. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, does that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Now, now that you've elaborated, you know, I read all the books first mm-hmm. and I adore the books. They're really, really well-written and they're good and they have a yeah. great story I don't think that they jump around quite as much as the series does, but the series is following that paradigm that's been established like with uh, Game of Thrones or what's another good one? You're following different groups of people throughout the, throughout the course of any given episode and multiple yeah. stories at one time. And that, that's a thing now. It's, and it's, mm. it's, it, I don't know when that started or whatever, but the thing with The Expanse was I loved the book so much that when I watched the show... Usually when you watch a a movie or a TV show based on a book, you know, the obvious thing is, well, the book's better. I didn't really like it as much because the book was so much better. Mm -hmm. Well, with Game of Thrones, I thought the show was at least as good as the books. And the books were incredibly good, in my opinion. Um, And so I was really, really like above and beyond happy with with the series Game of Thrones. And the reason I even bring it up is because with The Expanse, I was hoping for something like that, but it turns out, and, and, and see, not but, and it turns out that the show for me was great because it followed the book so well, mm-hmm. which is kind of unusual. You know, you don't usually see series that, you know, they have to take artistic license for the sake of the medium and all that stuff, but they, the show follows the books pretty darn well. Uh, th- there's a little bit of different character interaction. And they introduce some characters way early in the show that that they don't introduce until you know two or three books in, or at least at least one book or so in on the on the series. But anyway, the the show is really good because it follows the books. But I understand what you're saying about the emotional continuity because of how they jump around. And my theory was is since you've read the books, you already know the characters and you've already you know, engaged with the characters. And so watching the show, yes. you already know who they are and you're in. And whereas I'm like, I don't know what's going on and I don't know who these people are. Maybe the way the pacing is being done or the you're experiencing the story, it's happening at such a pacing that it's getting you curious, but it's not holding your attention and you're not following those those story elements that you'd find to be consistent with each one of the characters or the groups that would be there mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, right. this is also my style and personality too. So some people sure. love that style. They love how it jumps around and you're following three or four or five storylines and groups of people throughout the entire episode. Some people love that. And maybe that's why captain influence. You didn't like dark matter as much because for me, dark matter season one, I loved it because that's exactly what it was. It was emotional continuity. You're basically only aware of what the crew is aware of. You know, you're on board the ship. There's amnesia. You don't know what's going on because the crew doesn't know what's going on. And the only thing that you're seeing in season one is through the eyes of the crew, which I loved. And then in season two and three, they started splitting it up and adding all these things and all these different storylines. And I lost interest. I, even though I enjoyed it, 
season two was very difficult. Not difficult. I guess that's the wrong word. It was less interesting for me to follow versus season three. They kind of went back to the what made season one good. I thought anyway, but again, that's my personality, right? I don't know if that's how everybody responds or not, but then I got to thinking about music. I've done my share of DJing dances and stuff. I've been in bands and when you are doing a music set as a band, you've got to keep the audience engaged at all times, which means you have to capture their emotion and keep it the entire concert or else you've lost their interest in their, you know, on their phones or whatever. Same kind of thing. If you're DJing a dance, there's why you hear stuff like beat mixing or making sure that one song flows into another and not just, you know, not even just the beats, but style of music, you know, the how many fast dance songs do you want to go while people are in that mood versus, okay, now it's time to go down to a slower song because they're exhausted. But finding that right balance is critical to keeping a full dance floor because if you don't, if you're just like, yeah, I'm going to go from this song and I'm going to jump over here to this fast song and everybody's out and having a good time and then I'm jump over to a slow dance. I guarantee you, your dance floor is going to be empty most of the night. But that's every wedding I've ever been to is what you just described. <laughs> because the, the DJs suck then. They're not good at, at drawing the emotional aspect out of their guests. That's the way it works. Yeah, huh. So yeah, I never thought the, of it. These are the little things I've learned in life and, and especially being a musician and also playing music for people is that if you don't capture their emotion and hold it and, you know, nurture it, call it even that nurture the people's emotions, then you have failed in your job. Stoke it. You got yeah, to stoke it. You got to stoke that, that emotional fire, baby. Oh yeah. Um, and so with that said, you got to do the same thing with a, with the TV show, with the movie, with the book. If you're not capturing and nurturing and stoking their emotional fire, uh, well then all it becomes is a bunch of cool CGI action scenes and we don't care. So, uh, you have some good points. You really do. Well, all I know is that tonight I'm going to start watching the expanse again because you've got me stoked. The, the expanse or dark matter <laughs> the expanse oh that's okay good point maybe i should watch dark matter tonight <laughs> you yeah i like it though i mean and that's okay if yeah, you don't but, like but it but i but I'm i feel okay like there are enough people in the trbs community including yourself that can't believe i didn't like it so much and i really feel like i should give it a second chance but i feel like we again goes back to what you've said a thousand times captain influence that we should not be surprised that sometimes we just don't like the things that other people do <laughs> We all are different. And even I'm constantly surprised by that <laughs> that elephant in the room. Yeah. Oh my gosh! But I, you know, this even goes into a greater again, this like a greater life lesson. Even is this show, for example, the Real Brian Show, or if you are a content creator of any kind, you do videos, do you know another podcast, or you write blogs, or write books, or create music, or whatever, any kind of art, right? Are we? capturing people's emotions and drawing them in on a journey. And now all of a sudden I'm having this realization that I'm like, Oh my gosh, all the complaints that I've ever had about the DC shows and other TV shows and movies I watch is that they didn't capture and nurture and stoke my emotional fire. That just sounds so wrong, but I'm going to keep saying that. (laughs) Are we doing that with our friends? Uh, And granted, I'm not talking about manipulation here. We're not trying to manipulate. I'm just saying like when we're telling stories, when we are being a friend, are we, do we care about their emotional, you know, needs and stuff like that? Uh, it's interesting. So I, I've been observing some people lately. I love just kind of observing in general. As you know, I'm like kind of fascinated by the human psyche. I love watching people and how they do things and stuff. And I learn from it a lot, which is interesting. Doing a show, running business, hearing about all of these great success stories and how everybody just, you know, mastered the art of social media. And now they're super successful or they're popular or whatever the case what do we as people typically follow if that makes sense? So we follow others for what reason? And I came up with a couple of ideas and I'd love you guys to, to fill in the gaps here. But, and I was thinking, well, popularity, because if people attract a lot of people, well, then that's cool. We should follow that person, right? Success. Well, if they're successful, they must be really cool. So we should follow that person confidence. Well, of course we follow confident people. I mean, that's just, that's subconscious good looks. I mean, there are numerous scientific studies that show that people who are more attractive generate more trust subconsciously. It's just the way that's right. That's the way it should be. Brian, go ahead. Right. Well, that's why I have a lot of people trusting me. So, um, exactly. No, that's not true. Any other thoughts? And I'm not saying we all do this. I'm just saying this is general. Any other thoughts besides those four? Basically we're looking at the, the exterior of things. So those sure. things that follow us that we like to follow. And there's just those things that we 
have our casual passing interest in. It's like, yeah, okay. I want to know what's going on with this artist or this musician or something else like that. But the things that actually help build us up in life or the things that get us passionate about things are, I guess the characteristics more people themselves, just like confidence would be something like, okay, great. That person, sure. They might be successful, but are they honest? Mm-hmm. Right. Can they be genuine, genuine with you all the time? Are they someone who can be emotionally consistent by basically just being your friend? Ooh, are they yeah. capable of always listening and being available? You take a look at uh, children, and I think children are a better example of this, is that with them, they, they've got emotional consistency. Basically, their attitude and their emotional well-being is pretty well stable most of the time, too. True. So their attitude with life is, is hey, they're, they're having fun, they're joyful. You, like, you look at some adults, what's going on in their life? Why are they consistently depressed? So mm. that's where emotional consistency becomes a little bit more different than just like, what we see and observe and follow in other people that we're just interested in, but the people we actually care about, what is yeah. it about them that we like? Like our good friends always there able to listen with us or are they there just to help laugh at life with us, whether the day is good or bad. Yeah. So I, 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 I noticed this within my, 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 my one-year-old niece. I've noticed it with some of my other neighbors and people and it's, yeah, kids are amazing. I think they're better off than some of us adults because well, I guess they, they forgive quicker. They hold on to the good stuff better than than us adults. And time goes a lot slower for them too. True. Which I envy. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. I you know, honestly, I think it's nice that time goes fast perceptually for an adult when you're working. Because my days just fly. But on the weekends yeah. they go too fast. You know what I mean? Wouldn't yeah, it be we'll, nice we'll, if you could turn that we'll, knob? Yeah. I was having a hilarious conversation with a seven year old over the weekend about unicorns and uh, magic and all kinds of just ridiculous, you know, imaginative things. And I thought that was a really cool conversation. But, you know, one of the things I learned from that was more of a, everybody just needs to let go of reality a little bit once in a while. And honestly, like some of the ideas that this girl was talking about, I'm like, you know, uh, if the technology existed, which it probably could someday, that's a good idea. <laughs> like Someone needs to be listening to this, but it was funny. And I got to thinking, you know, too many of us, the ironic part was prior to that conversation, I was thinking about, you know, normally I'm a pretty crazy person. I've never quote grown up. You know, I, I like to live life and enjoy things and I have a huge imagination and stuff. But once in a while you have those moments where you're just like, Oh, that's just so immature. I just didn't, I, I just can't do that. I need to be a little more professional. Okay. And I'm just like, Oh my God, you know, just let that go. That is so ridiculous. So it was a good reminder of just let the imagination fly, have fun, you know, life short, have a good time, live life to the fullest. But I love what you were saying too, seven about again, the emotional continuity, but I like how you even tied it into people who are emotionally consistent That's a big one. And I know that, as you were mentioning, children are more emotionally consistent for the most part. I feel like the reason a lot of us as adults aren't is because we've been beaten through life a lot. You know, we've been through a lot of crap and it's hard to be emotionally consistent after that because of all the scars, the emotional scars that we have. However, I think it's something to strive for one way or the other. And in fact, I was thinking about if you were wanting to be on the quote, and this is loose quote, popular list. For example, I feel like we all want to at some point be whatever that is, popular, admired, respected, liked. You I mean, you fill in the the term that it is, right? So every one admired. of us Admired. Let's admired. go with admired, okay? I even like respected, but yeah. anybody that is a content creator or anybody that just says, "Hey, you know what? I want to have friends and whatever," right? But I'm just thinking about if you're on social media and you have 20 followers versus 2,000 or 20,000 followers and you're thinking, "Well, I suck if I only have 20," you know? I don't know the answers to this, but I got to thinking, okay, so whether or not you're trying to become popular or, you know, whatever that may be, I'm thinking about what is really important for us to look at and actually do on a consistent basis. Well, emotional consistency, going back to what you said, seven blue seven, I think that's absolutely gigantic that we need to have that level of consistency with our emotions with other people because, and granted, that doesn't mean you can't have a bad day. It's just to say that if you're back and forth all the time and all over the place, people can't handle it. Yeah. Being emotionally consistent and, and emotional continuity, going back to that, I was also just thinking confidence is actually a really good thing. And whether we admit it or not, we subconsciously, we follow confident people, period. 
Right. That's just the way it is. So finding That's that confidence. Been the way it is. Yeah. Find that yeah. confidence in you and, and have it. Some confident people are not worthy of being followed. Well, but then that goes back to positivity, good natured spirit, pleasant, respectful, joyful, whatever that is like the person or, or even integrity as you guys were talking about all of that together. If I am positive and good natured and pleasant and respectful towards you, mm-hmm. you should like me more than the and confident, by the way, you, you should, you know, resonate with that more than the person who is confident, but you know, who's out to get you or manipulate you. Absolutely. Of course. Absolutely. Of course. And I think too, the, the last thing I'll say here is I'm going to throw out the word success because I'm not talking about money or fame or whatever the case may be, but um, finding out what the definition of success means to you. And I, I think I talked about this quite a while ago on the show about, you know, what my definition of success was, that kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, figure it out, figure out what your definition of success is and, you know, what that actually, if it means money, then okay. But if it means more of like, you know, making sure that uh, you have a healthy family, then booyah. I mean, that's, that's awesome, right? Just figure out what, means, whatever that is. And that means so much more. I mean, it does. If your version of success involves money or material things, you're failing in your version of success. Yeah. And I know that's my opinion, but it's, it's just, that's an elephant in the room. Duh. Yeah. That's not what makes a successful person, period. That just means that they're playing the game better than you are. That's all that means. Yeah. Oh, but man, we follow that. That's the thing. People follow that. I don't, but I know, I know a lot of people do. Yep. It's unfortunate. Life has been referred to as the game of you, as in the other person. So whatever we're doing is also considered in what's going on in relation to other people. So mm-hmm. that positivity, that consistency, the continuity that we're looking for, what is it in your life that helps make you a quote unquote genuine person? Is it that you don't carry grudges or burdens or you're not easily upset about things? Okay. That means you probably are good at forgiving. Yeah. Uh, that's a difficult skill for some people or you're just honest with yourself and others. And with that, you're capable of being confident. And with that, you're open to criticisms and you're like, okay, well, I can deal with that and move on in life. Yes, in life, we are content creators and our relationships with others, just as uh, content creators try to create. Yeah, it's true. That's a good analogy. Yeah, I, I had an uncle, a great uncle who is now dead, who was extraordinarily successful in business, but that didn't make him why that, that wasn't why we all loved him. We, he was the nicest, most giving individual I've ever met in my entire life. Hands down without question. Dude would fall over himself to give you, you know, support or financial help or, I mean, he was just a, he was just a pleasure to be around and he was successful in material ways, yeah. but that's not what made him a successful person at all. See, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I miss yeah. him a lot. Yeah. I really, okay. Going back to what you said, seven, I thought that was actually really good. Like we're all content creators yeah. of life in life with everyone or regardless to basically think about it to even a deeper perspective for things. If we get our, our superhero moments with other people or anything else like that, big or small, I mean, if it's opening the door for someone else or helping a person try to go through an emotionally difficult time and when they're potentially suicidal, the biggest thing of it all is, is just being available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, with the game of you, be available. Mm-hmm. And when you're available with other people like that in bigger, small ways, that allows you that opportunity to, to connect with other people. Yeah. When one of the best pieces of advice I heard from a brother-in-law, he pointed out something to me that I never really thought of before is that in relationships, you're always giving and receiving. So mm-hmm. if someone's listening to you, you're giving and sharing your thought. Well, at the same time, they're giving back to you by giving their attention and listening to you. Yeah. Yeah. So they're receiving what you have to say and you're receiving from them that sense of openness that's there too. Instead of looking at life as like a zero sum game or anything else like that, just look at it as basically a sense of reciprocity. Okay. With that uh, crazy driver on the road. Okay. What's going on in their life? Okay. They want to share something with me. Well, I'll go ahead and share a smile back instead. Even in talking with someone at the grocery store, well, there's something there too. If someone wants to share something cool about their life, you can listen to it and you can appreciate it for what it is and say, hey, I, I like that. That makes you an interesting person or I'm glad that you've got your, some energy and in your life invested in something worthwhile for you. So when you're looking at your relationships, being available, 
the bigger small of things. We're looking at consistently thinking about what can I give and what can I receive. And if you're always trying to share good and if someone's trying to give you bad, then you can kind of blow that off. That's where forgiveness comes from. But if you're sharing good with other people too, give or take, in that relationship, you're going to have that emotional consistency, be it uh, genuineness or whatever else like that. So yeah. that is the game of life, mm-hmm. and we like to play it with emotional consistency. And I think that's actually a good uh, version of success if you want to define success as to you know how available are you. I mean, that's not to say that that's one you should choose. That's one that I think is a good option. Yeah, that's a valid option for yeah. defining success. Absolutely. That's something we did. I mean, it's uh, it wasn't entirely like, oh, hey, let's just, you know, choose this ourselves. I mean, there were some financial issues involved with this, but I had a condo in college. We kept it. Sarah and I, you know, we got married. Then we lived here and then we were getting ready to sell it, move into a house, couldn't sell it. So we rented it out for about seven or so years. And we lived in, you know, it's the typical American dream, right? You graduate college, you get married, you go get a house. Booyah. White picket fence kind of crap, you know? Well, for some people, that's great. We were living in this house for seven years and there was quite a few years, I want to say, that were, it was a huge blessing. You know, it was an open, we called it the revolving door. You know, everybody was coming over and we just had people there all the time. You know, I was doing the radio at the time. People were coming over and jumping on the show with me. We had, you know, various groups coming over. I mean, it's just a really fun open door thing. We had a friend live with us uh, in the basement for a while. You know, he needed a place to live came out of a pretty difficult situation, you know, and then all of that just stopped. And Sarah and I are like, this is, this is a lot of work. You know, we're mowing the lawn, we're shoveling snow. This is, this is just a lot of work. We (laughs) primarily decided let's sell the house and move back to the condo again. Financially, that was also sort of a better decision anyway, but here's the cool part. We paid off our condo. We're living in 900 square feet right now. We've been here for five years this month back in the condo. I love it. I love the smaller atmosphere. I don't want a house. I miss a garage, but I don't want a house. Instead of spending most of our weekend taking care of our house and our yard, we're out with people. We're available. Like you said, seven blue seven. We're going to basketball games and volleyball games. We're having fun and we're available to get together with people. And I'm not saying everybody should do that. It's just that was such a great option for us. It's been a fun thing. Well, and the American dream is kind of a joke. So, you know, it's better to go after the Romulan dream or Cardassian dream or something like that anyways. Yeah. So. With a yeah. cool mug of Kerblamock and a reclining chair and And Regloff, don't forget the Regloff. And the Vulcan yeah, spice tea. Yep. And the Rocktachino. But you gotta be careful with the Ferengi. You gotta be careful with the Ferengi. Well, they're a bunch don't, of greedy. Don't touch their ears. They, well, yeah, that's yeah. true. But you know, they're greedy. <laughs> they see they exemplify the material money, success. The money, yes. Isn't that interesting? They would be Kardashian followers. <laughs> yeah, that's the true. Ferengi in the, in the world of Star Trek, yeah. the Ferengi would be the ones following the Kardashians. Yeah. So, and all of you people out there who are Kardashian fans, you're just Ferengi. That's all you are. Ugh. And I'm not going to touch your ears. I'm just no, not. No, not going to happen. No. Umox. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm a packlet trader. <laughs> I, I we things look for things. Yeah. You yes. are smart. <laughs> you guys are nerds. You guys are such, this is real. I, you know, I used to love this show, but you guys just went way too far in the nerddom. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, hey, so what I've decided to do is I am, I have posted a Star Trek, the next generation riddle to their Slack channel that we have for our community. And I want to see if people can figure that out. So, okay. I'm going to go look. But notes, we want, we want more people to be involved in, uh, Real Brian Show community because we are the voice of the nerdy eclectic. But yeah, the more that we hear from our friends and people in the, the forums or Facebook or whatever like that, mm-hmm. the more interesting it gets. And that's the fun well, part. Wow. And so I really do ask, please join the Facebook group. If you're not already a part of it, we'd love to have you there. Of course, please join our Slack group. All of this stuff is posted in the show notes. So all you have to do is go to realbrianshow.com, check it out. Because, you know, for me, it's like, okay, I can sit here as the host and talk at you all I want until I'm blue in the face because, you know, I don't stop talking. But, you know, where the real treat comes in, and this is not just for me, it's for all of us, is when the interaction happens. And so, you know, you might be like, I don't know, I'm a little nervous to talk to, you know, that's okay. But we really want you to come in and just get involved in conversation and have a good time. I mean, honestly, for me, it's about relationship. 
we want to hear from you. So if you're going to see a movie this weekend, like Johnny English three Bohemian Rhapsody, or even the Nutcracker, please jump on the Slack group, jump on Facebook and, and tell us what you liked about it, or just go ahead and share something else that's interesting in your life. We like those espresso shots, both in the, the liquid form or in the, uh, the thoughtful kind too. Mm, yes. Oh yeah. Do it. Do it. We want to hear from Do you, it. please. We're always looking for contribution and, you know, thoughts. And I mean, see, here's the thing. We can sit here and curate all of the content and ideas we want, but sometimes you know better than us. And that's why it's like, Hey, if you're just like, dude, you've got to check out this show, this book, this movie, this music, this drink, food, health product. I don't know. Let us know. We'd love to hear it. Please. Absolutely. So we're always fun. looking for new stuff. Totally. Well, that's, yeah, that's kind of our personalities like new, give us new what's new. We can do new. Mm. Yes. We don't have fans. We, everybody here is a friend. That's true. Family. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that cheesy? It's so true though. <laughs> yeah. Very. Cheesy. Well, gentlemen, that was so special. Thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it. It was good to have you back. Seven blue seven. Thank you. Thank I, you. They still feel like seven blue seven is a Borg designation. <laughs> it just every time uh, I, it, uh, just to me, that's what you are. About that one of these days. You're like an enhanced human. So. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Not just to have to find a good maintenance plan. Well, that's true. <laughs> just get in your alcove and charge yourself overnight, man. Nerds. Oh yeah. I'd love it guys. It was so much fun though. As always captain influence. It's just good to have you here. So thank you for being a part of the show, man. I'm tickled. I'm tickled. You let me contribute, Brian. Thank you very much. Yay. I'm glad you're tickled. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> oh 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 yes it's affecting you after the show there's a new bad lip reading song after the show we'll go check it out but uh in the meantime though i just want to say thank you for listening thank you for being a part of the show thanks for continuing to give us a chance and hanging out with us every single freaking week it's so much fun lots of more fun coming up in november including even a thanksgiving black friday as we mentioned earlier fantastic beasts episode in a couple of weeks so pretty dang Whoa. excited about that sci-fi November continues yes oh and you know what for those of you who really enjoy sci-fi this is the time to just man unleash and embrace and have a great time seriously thank you for joining us it's always a pleasure go to realbrianshow.com you know what the music means it's time for us <laughs> to depart <laughs> and relax uh try try that vulcan spice tea try some lemon pledge in your water tell us what you think uh lick a car battery tonight i mean have a good time give us some feedback let us know your experiences <laughs> don't listen to my and, advice have a great and week. enter the lawsuit that's right see ya the real brian show is a production of 514 media at 514mediaempire.com